Okay, you guys ready? All right. No. This is AT Ranter. <laughs> I like that, actually. Monday's AT Ranter. This is the AT Banter Podcast. A balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Flurry, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to this week's episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Ranter, My. Banter. 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 Ranter. Ranter. Banter. Ranter, banter. We're going to be here a long <laughs> time. <laughs> With me. Somebody. Clearly, <laughs> I have other people in the room working against the podcast in a deep state conspiracy. Yep. There's Mr. a lot of that going around. There is. I didn't do it. Uh, Ryan Flurry. Hey. And uh, Mr. Steve Barkley. Hola. I don't know why I said that like a question. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's you. <laughs> or it's Scuffy. Or you. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, here we are. It's Monday and clearly we're all in good, decent spirits yeah. for once. Oh, I spoke too soon. <laughs> What's wrong, Ryan? Do you need uh, a hug? No, it's all good. Uh-huh. It's all good. Well, how has your day been? My day was good. Yeah, day's been fine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good. Couple, you know, SMA inquiries and mm-hmm. things are trucking along. Riveting. Mm-hmm. Uh, good. Um, how is everybody doing otherwise? Why do I ask that every week? It's, well, I just get the same response. I just get blank stares and just like... <laughs> well, I just answered the question, so let's pass uh, up to Steve. Last week on Wednesday, I did leg day with my son <laughs> at the gym. And I did all the same weights that he did. And I'm oh, still limping. <laughs> <laughs> so to sum up, we're old and everything hurts. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's, that's fairly accurate. <laughs> uh, uh, excellent. Hey, guess what? 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 I think today is going to be our new show. You figure? I think so. What the heck? Well, let me check with Ryan, though, and make sure. Hey, Ryan. Yeah, Rob. Uh, what are we doing today? Today was going to be our monthly new show with mean? a special guest. Oh. But our special guest has been delayed. So and she I'm so may bummed. Not appear. Yeah, so was I. I so she may appear, she may not, but we'll hold that off for another week. Oh, you're such and a And we'll tease. talk news. You're such a tease. Hey, well. So you're not even going to tell people who it was? Nope. It could be anybody. Nope. We're not telling anybody. So it's just all we know, it's a her. Yep. That's it. That's it. Hmm. Hmm. Follow us on Twitter. Maybe it'll be there. Oh, really? Maybe. Oh, wow. <laughs> Look at you, Mr. Marketing Tease. For real. See, we'll see if our Twitter member, our Twitter followers suddenly spikes. <laughs> got to do Friday. something to get those numbers up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Who could be the mystery guest? That's right. Uh, all right. Well, then uh, let's 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 talk some news. Let's let's dive right in, boys. Okay. What's in the news? Hey, here's something we saw uh, over the weekend. Uh, Samsung has filed a patent for new Braille input on smartwatches. More Braille. Uh, uh, on yeah. Smartwatches, though. Yes. So. How would you do that? Well, here, here he goes. The patent describes a method for blind people to input text through Braille using the rotated bezel on a smartwatch. 
It enables Braille input by allowing the user to control the input position in the six-point Braille character by rotating the bezel. Now, that doesn't make any sense to me, but I, I thought it might to you guys because you guys are a little bit more savvy with, with Braille devices. But what do they mean by a bezel? Well, the bezel is the outside of the watch, right? It's the right. The, so you like almost like, on, on like a dive watch, it. you can turn it. So and Braille has six cells. So what you would just rotate the bezel until it got the right. I don't know. Yeah, that's it. Must right? It must clear about because you know, let's say you turn the bezel to the right once, you get dot one, and does that dot one stay? Because now you turn it. I would to assume so. The next position to get dot, dot two. two, right? Just to get the letter B, like this could be really tedious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not ideal, but it's it's a way to input Braille in a smartwatch, which wouldn't you wouldn't even think would be possible. I, I'd like to actually see it in action before I pass judgment. But it, yeah, it's just it, a I, I'm with Ryan. Well, it sounds sounds like it would be very tedious. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it goes on to say when companies are increasingly relying on voice based interaction models to make their products and services more accessible to people with disabilities. It appears Samsung is exploring and investing in other approaches as well. So the, the article goes on to also talk about how it's only a patent. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean that they're actually develop anything with this. They've just basically just said, hey, we claim bezel. <laughs> bezel Braille. The, the bezel, bezel Braille. Braille. That's, I nobody else can use that. that. Copyright so. that. Bezelbraille.com. You know, <laughs> I, there's, I, I want, how much does it cost to put in a patent? Because I'm thinking, I have a lot of crazy ideas that I should just be putting <laughs> patents on. Because even if I don't do anything with it, mm -hmm. then uh, like my hot chocolate hot tub idea. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, they have mud baths and stuff. I can't, they, yeah, that would but be delicious. You're going to drink hot chocolate that you're hot tubbing in. Think that through. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I'm just thinking of all those marshmallows stuck to my neck. <laughs> Those aren't marshmallows. <laughs> I'm just, listen, I'm just saying, I'm not saying I'm going to develop it. I'm Why just saying I want in case, in case the Playboy Mansion decides to pick it up, mm -hmm. uh, I want to be able to, to get some, some royalties off, there that, you go. off that action. All right. Well, never mind then. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, I don't know. Um, the other thing about this is that there is already in existence the Dot Watch. That's true, which is a Braille watch. Which is a Braille watch. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, n now, refresh my memory. They don't have an input. It's not input. It's, it's all. It's all. Yeah, output. It's, it's output. Yeah. So. Well, there's a couple of buttons for for you know advancing and so forth. But. Right, but it's not Braille input. You're not Brailing yeah, on no, the dot watch. No, you're not. But I mean, who'd want to Braille on a smartwatch anyways? Yeah, I don't so, know. So I. So I mean, this sounds well, like. I, I mean, the part the part that immediately strikes me if you're wearing a, a watch. On your wrist, like, okay, so, Rob, do you wear a watch? Well, no, okay. but I used to. I used to. And which, which hand did you? Right. You you kept it on your right hand. Right. Okay, so how are you going to braille on it? With my left. Right, which is your least dexterous hand. Correct. And. Yeah, that's right. Because you wear it on your dominant hand generally. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't it, know. It just seems weird. It does seem it's weird. Well, I'm going with weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds kind of like a shot in the dark. I I think they're they're just patenting this just because someone thought of it in the lunchroom and they're like, let's patent let's patent that just in case you know we don't want Apple to sort of steal our thunder. So fair enough. 
So uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens with this, but uh, yeah, it could be years down the road. We'll watch for it, or, or if at all, yeah. You know, oh, if, if see what all. he did there. He said he'd watch. For it. <laughs> uh, damn, Ryan! Yeah, yeah. I didn't even catch it. So <laughs> uh, it's a subliminal joke. That's even right. even more impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's all give him hands. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Watch hands. Oh, nice. <laughs> Or is it time for the next one? Yeah. <laughs> oh, now i got to come up with something. I, come I don't, on, don't I, wind me up. I, I don't oh. want to be second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yep. <laughs> Moving right along. Hey, oh, this is a weird story. I don't even know where to start with this. Um, so people, some scientists at the University of Minnesota... Have yeah. have 3D printed a, bion- a bionic eye. Now I was a little confused with this article in just how far they've gone because a lot of a lot of times these some of these articles I find are a little bit hyperbolic uh, in terms of what they've actually managed to do versus what eventually this could be this could mean. Um, but these researchers at the at the University of Minnesota have 3D printed the first prototype of what could be a, bi- a bionic eye that one day could possibly be surgically implanted on somebody and restore vision. Um, using a 3D printer that was custom made for the job, they added a base ink of silver particles and printing photodiodes, which are semiconductors that convert light into electricity, which then allow the eye to have vision. Now, if you're like me and stupid, that means nothing to you. My question is, like, does that get <clears throat> implanted onto your existing eye? Because, well, here's or how the does thing: that no, no, to see, the brain. Like, here's the thing: they haven't, they haven't started okay. that. Off. It's this like they've discovered the wheel. Oh, okay. Um, but they've, you know, the, but to eventually they haven't got build a car. Like it's they're like they've built a wheel and it's just like right. okay eventually this could we could make a, a motorless carriage mm. or a, sorry a horseless carriage out of this right but that, they've really only got the wheels so far that's, that's crazy that's talk Ford <laughs> <laughs> so I mean they've 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 managed to build sort of a prototype what could be a bonagai but I mean obviously you know we the, as far as I know I, we, the technology doesn't exist to actually take that and connect it to nerve endings and yeah, to actual and... to actually you know build a bionic eye that they can implant yeah there's there's a couple things that i really think are cool about this and and then there's a couple things that i was sort of disappointed because the 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 article made it sound like oh artificial eye you know and right when somebody says artificial eye it's like okay that's got to have some sort of interface to the brain that you automatically Mm -hmm. assume that well no that's not what these guys have invented they've invented an eye mounted camera is what they ah, okay. So basically, it's a prosthetic eye that you pop in. It's got a camera in it, and it'll transmit to a exterior um, device. So think of a wireless Google Lens type device, Ex- not Google Lens, but what was the what was the Google Google Glass? Google Glass, yeah. 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 Okay. But in the shape and of an eye, except it's just a camera. Right. It, it, it's sure, a camera. it could. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's that's been you know, in speculative, uh, speculative um, fiction for a while, you know, these ideas, this idea of an eye that could record what it sees, you know, as a, as a, like an eye mounted camera. Terminator. Um, yeah, sure. Um, 
That would be and actually, so that's, handy. <laughs> that's actually, that's probably not all that far away. That would actually not be difficult to do. You could make an eye that you could pop into an eye socket that could actually record and transmit that to um, whatever, a device, and, and, and record and, it digitally. And so I would totally use that too. I totally would because, you know, the next time I arrive in the kitchen, I'd be able to go, why am I here? <laughs> oh, uh, rewind 10 seconds. Oh, right. And then, you know, <laughs> right. carry, carry on with my day and not just stand around in the kitchen scratching my head going, why, why did I come down here? Um, I, I guess the big, the big deal about this is that they... Well, for starters, they were able to print it. That's, that's pretty cool. Right. Like, using a specially designed 3D printer. Yeah, which Printing electronics is neat. 3D, yeah. Mm -hmm. 3D printed semiconductors. Um, which can replace um, those type of, of electronic components being fabricated in, in these um, mi microfabrication facilities. Mm -hmm. um, so it's going to be a hell of a lot cheaper if they can actually just 3D print them as opposed to them needing to be manufactured in these, these specialized facilities. I guess that's probably the main takeaway of this. Um, you know, again, it doesn't mean anyone's getting a bionic eye anytime soon. Um, but who knows when that technology is ready. But it'd be awesome, you know, like even somebody like myself who really has no eyes, I could pop one in, look at something. It could, I could hit a button on my phone or a keypad or whatever. It could OCR it. It could tell me what it is. Sure. You know, that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. That's Steve. He's looking old. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Ryan. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it wasn't me. It was my glass. <laughs> uh, you know what the best part about this article, though, is one of the related articles at the bottom I really would like to click on because it says bionic no, penis. don't do it. Bionic <laughs> penis, man. Wait, oh. bionic penis. Man takes to Reddit to reveal how his new mechanical manhood works. <laughs> That's just that clickbait is so tempting, but no, it is. It really it. is. <laughs> or how about vegetable warfare? Bionic spinach being used to detect bombs. What? <laughs> what? Bionic spinach. Oh, come on, guys. We have to click on that. Bionic right. spinach well, being see. used to. Let's see how good Microsoft. Probably going to get a virus no, now on my that's, phone. That's, oh, dude! Oh, I thought you were doing the Chrome browsers. I've got them open. Oh shoot. Let's see how good Windows Defender is. <laughs> no, this is true. Experts placed the microscopic tubes in the leaves of spinach in hope of making bomb detection easier and safer. What? With spinach. Once the tubes are inserted, the plant has the ability to detect nitroaromatics, elements found in landmines and other explosives. Oh, I see. So you just mm. plant it in a field and it'll tell you where the landmines are in the field. Oh. Wouldn't you love to be the guy who had the job planting it, though? <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that's right. Little to the left. Little to the left. No. <laughs> Found one. Well, we don't need spinach there now. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, that's actually pretty cool. Hmm. You learn something new every day. Hmm. There you go, people. Bionic spinach. It's um, the bomb. Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right, what is next? <clears throat> Actually, anything else to say about that? Bonakai? No? Nothing? No. Nah. Yeah. Oh, hey. Hey, ho. Here's a good one. 
What uh, did Ryan? Did you hear about this? All this Amazon news last week? I did indeed. Big mm-hmm. flood of yep. new announcements for all kinds of stuff. Yeah, most um, of it's being released next week for the for the Alexa um, Home Assistant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the car uh, one doesn't seem to be available in Canada though. That's one that I was kind of interested in. What was the car one? Uh, it's the last one on the list there, I think. Okay, well, let's okay, let's take a run through should, this. Should we go through them? Yeah, yeah, let's go through let's this. Because I've, so, I've heard Amazon's the new Skynet, eh? Oh, yeah. Everybody thought Google was going to take over the world, but it looks like Amazon's doing it now. Oh, boy. Yep. Well, as long as we get Prime. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Prime. Uh, <laughs> all right. <clears throat> so last week, Amazon uh, went on record and announced a bevy of new products uh, that are coming out imminently, if not... Mm-hmm. Did you say a lot of this stuff week. is next week? Is your yeah. bevies the right word? I don't know. I think so. What's a what? How, how many does it have to be to be a bevy? Does it have to be over a certain amount? Hey Google, I like to think that. What's a bevy? Here's the definition of bevy: a large group of people or things of a particular kind. Cancel. Okay, yeah, you used it yeah. correctly. Yeah. All right, yeah, it's a large. It's fairly. <laughs> it's it's. Because I would have used smattering, size, I'm just saying. Sizable. That's, no, that's, sma- that's I feel me. like a smattering. What's a, ask her what a smattering is. Hey, Google. What's a smattering? Here's the definition of smattering. A slight superficial knowledge of a language or subject. Cancel. Okay. So apparently I've been misusing that word <laughs> my entire life. Actually, so have I. I that can't be, I don't think that's the only definition. <laughs> It probably just brings up the first one. If you brought up Wikipedia, there'd probably be seven. I'm looking. So. I'm looking. <laughs> I want to know. Because I'm pretty sure smattering would be like, I would say more than two, no. but less than five. Oh. Yeah. I would, I would. I'm going to go with Google. It's got to be a number. No, no. I don't yeah, think so. No, I'm going with Google. No, you wouldn't, you wouldn't say I know a smattering of French. That apparently you would. Well, I wouldn't, <laughs> but that could be because I've been misusing the word. Yeah, it's, it's just one definition at dictionary.com anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a slight superficial or introductory knowledge of something. Stay tuned, folks, for a lot more <laughs> useless information that you didn't want to know in this week's episode of AT Banter. So how many of them are there? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, seven, eight, six, seven, eight nine, okay. ten, eleven, twelve. So a dozen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now those all aren't all new, but those are those are the different. Right. There's new generations of existing products. Exactly. So, okay. Anyways, okay, but we digressed. Obviously. Um, they should use that, right? Oh my god. <laughs> that, that that is correct. <laughs> All right, so what did they announce? Let's go through them. Uh they announced the second generation Echo Dot. No, third. Third generation. Second generation's already been out. Okay, let me start that over again. They announced the third generation of the Echo Dot. Yay! Uh it is more attractive. They've they've made it lovely. They've given it a nice fabric cover and an improved speaker. Yeah, I'm looking forward to possibly getting a third one. It looks... The speaker. Yep. Uh, they announced the Echo Input, which is the answer to the Google Chromecast. Mm-hmm. It's a small disc-shaped device that uh, you can attach to any speaker. Costs about 35 bucks. Hmm. 
They announced the Echo Sub, which is, of course... Uh, a subwoofer. A subwoofer. For your Amazon Echo Dot or other existing product. Mm-hmm. About 130 bucks. These are probably all American prices, yeah. I'm assuming. Uh, the Echo Link and the Echo Amp Link, which are two receivers that provide uh, multiple audio inputs and outputs plus Ethernet. So I don't know, Ryan. What what's what is what do you make of this? I guess if well, you're the audiophile. Yeah, uh, I don't really know, really, because if you've got an Echo Dot, like I've got two Echo Dots already connected to, one's connected to a set of speakers in my living room. And I've got one in a bedroom, so I can already do kind of whole whole house audio with just the Echo Dots. You don't even need to have speakers because they are speakers. So I don't really. I guess I guess if you want enhanced sound, then you would actually go with a dedicated receiver. You'd probably have these other devices like the Link, as well as the Sub, and you'd have like your whole Amazon ecosystem that you could just talk to. You know. You can you can do that now, like Echo, turn on your TV and do all that sort of stuff. But it takes smart plugs and all these other accessories to do that. Now, this is this is actually a pretty cool idea, and this is this is actually like the the idea of being able to expand on your existing mm-hmm. device. Yep. Um, you know, to to be able to add a, a subwoofer and a receiver to you know your your existing dot or whatever. That's pretty cool. Yep. Like I, I hadn't thought of that, but that's actually. I mean, God, I wish Google would come up with something like that because I would do that in a heartbeat. I would love to add a subwoofer to to my Google Home. Uh, okay, next, the Amazon Smart Plug, which is just a... It's a, a smart plug. It's a, yeah, you can exactly. talk to. Yep. You'd say, Echo, turn on the light. It'll turn the light on. Damn, that's pretty cool. I've got one upstairs. But it's not an it's not an Amazon smart plug. It's a different smart plug. Really, and that's company. You, wh- We've got it plugged into a wall outlet. Yeah, and one of our pole lamps is plugged into the smart plug. Uh huh. So anywhere in the house, Linda can just say, "Echo, turn on the light," and the light turns on. So we could do that with light switches or TV or whatever. But now the difference between this is that the that functionality is it's built, built into right the into the plug. Yeah. So you're actually talking to. The, the plug, plug, not the not the dog, not your or, echo. That's right. then sending the right. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that only really works. Damn, I want one of those. <laughs> mm. <clears throat> uh, okay, this this one cracked me up when I first heard about it last week, but uh, it's a real thing. The Amazon Basics microwave. Mm-hmm. It's a tabletop microwave that uh, has Alexa built right into it. Yes, but it's pretty limited. From what I was reading, it's only about 700 watts, uh-huh. so it's fairly low power. Oh, okay. And it doesn't talk back to you, so all you blind people out there, it's not speech feedback, it's just speech input. You can talk to it, say, boil water three minutes, or however that works, uh-huh. and it'll do that. Well, that's lame. It is lame, but it has a handy popcorn button. So it can tell when you're running out of microwave popcorn and order you more from Amazon. What? Yep. No, it can't. What? Yes, it can. Read, read the article. How? Yeah. How? <clears throat> Through your shopping habits. It counts. It's linked. It counts. Interesting. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yep. Although it's great for great news for popcorn <laughs> makers, I guess. But. No, not Although really. Although people really shouldn't be. popcorn suck. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm with you. I, do, I never use microwave popcorn. It's garbage. Yeah. Oh, they're invading the home. But uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Okay, uh, moving on. Here, here's another one. The Echo Wall Clock. Uh, you know, it's an analog uh, clock. It includes LED lights around the rim so that you can visually see Alexa-based timers counting down. 
Yeah. Now, what's unclear <laughs> about that though is that, like, what else does it do? Is it That's is it. it fully? It's just a clock. I believe it tells the time. Yeah. So you can you can probably say, you know, a word. What time is it? It'll probably tell you the time. Uh huh. But even with the countdown timers, like if I set a timer on the Echo Dot, it doesn't count down from like one minute, fifty nine, fifty eight, fifty seven. No, of course, it just yeah, starts sure. going. Blah, 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 yeah, when right. The time's yeah, up, so right. does so, so does everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Google so Home does the same thing. Look, it's a wall clock if you're visually impaired or blind. Right. Sure. I guess enough. I guess you could use it as a timer still, but it's not gonna. I, you know what? I mean, honestly, it, it again. This just sounds like it's a peripheral that they mm. thought would it'd be cool. I mean, it's not. It's like thirty bucks. Yeah. So I mean, it's just. Well, it sounds even, like it's just a wall clock that will even tie the, into. Even the microwave is only sixty bucks. Yeah, yeah that, was, right. uh, that was something that surprised me. Yeah, it's yeah. cheap. Yeah. For, that's that's cheap as a microwave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, another one. Ring stick up cam. This is a new entry into the Ring family of security devices, which uh, I'm assuming mm-hmm. there's like the, that's the doorbell. The, the, They've got a doorbell and camera video camera and lights and all sorts of stuff. Right. Security systems. Um, it's a security device. Adds access control for compatible Schlage, Yale, Quicks, Quickset, and Dana. So a bunch of locks. It's basically mm-hmm. for your, for your, um, your door. Your door. And I guess it ties to your lock, so I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it a security camera, you think? Yeah, yeah. The, the Ring video doorbell that was actually bought by Amazon, as somebody walks up to the door, it actually has a sensor built into it, so the camera actually turns on and can send that feed to your phone. Uh-huh. Um, as soon as that button is pressed, it, it's activated as well, so you can actually have a two-way conversation with whoever's at the door. So they're very cool, but I wouldn't go with door locks myself. I'm not... Not that secure in this technology yet. Right. Wi-Fi goes out, the door's unlocked. <laughs> You're screwed. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, it's just, it <clears throat> seems like now it's it's so mainstream to be, mm-hmm. like, totally super paranoid. Like, yeah. remember in the 90s, there was all those shows about, like, hackers and stuff, mm-hmm. and you, you yeah. get the protagonist, you, you know, Kenny Reeves would go up to, like, his hacker buddy, and he'd have to go through, like, the, the guy would have video cameras everywhere watching the all the entrances, and... He'd have to go into this big empty warehouse, and like it sounds like that's just coming the mainstream, where like video doorbells mm-hmm. and like people have to monitor their their oh, doorstep cam- from their phones, so that yeah, cameras front and back, and window sensors, door sensors. Yeah, these are the sorts of things that I contemplated for my fallout shelter. Yeah, <laughs> not necessarily for my home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> man. Hi, the Echo Show. The Echo Show. Second generation Echo Show is a bit more attractive than its angular predecessor. Now, listen, that's not nice. Does this have a larger screen, I think? It fe- yes, it does. It features a bigger 10-inch display and includes vastly improved sound and a fabric-covered back. And it includes Skype compatibility for video calls. So, um, so the kind of the cool thing about that is you're now going to be able to make S- Skype calls to anybody in the world now for those Amazon Echo device. Well, yeah, well, why don't you explain to people who may not know what, what the Echo Show first generation was? The Echo Show is basically an Echo Dot with a screen on it. Right, so, so there's a visual component. Screen, right, yeah. So if you're watching YouTube video or you're looking at recipes, you know, a cooking show on YouTube, you can follow along with the screen if you've got sight. Now, Google, does Google not, Google has just announced or didn't they just come out with something Lenovo similar? Lenovo came out with one. 
um, which is using the Google Assistant. But again, Google's big announcement is here the next couple of weeks, so they could be releasing a, a new flood of stuff. It'll be interesting. I mean, they'd, it, mm-hmm. it'd be unusual for them to be this far behind. Although, mind you, as, as we know, like Amazon has been the leader in this yeah. historically. So it might kind of make sense that they would be a little bit ahead of the game in all this stuff. Yep. The Fire TV recast is the is another one. Fire TV recast is a new living room set set top box that uh, will stream HD antenna based TV shows to any Fire TV in your home. You can record up to four shows and stream to multiple Fire TVs at once. Now, you haven't had, had the chance to play with a, a Fire TV, have you, Ryan? No, I keep almost pulling they're... the trigger on them because they're really dirt cheap. But I haven't heard, been hearing a lot of great reviews on the voice feedback, so I uh-huh. haven't done it yet. <clears throat> but, mm. you know, if you want to pick up your over-the-air TV, TV signals, this box sounds like it'll do that because it picks up your over-the-air antenna signals right. and it records shows, so it's your DVR as well. Nice. Now, if it's accessible... You know, we don't know that yet. You know, does it have its screen reader built in? Yeah. yeah. Are the menus accessible? We just don't know that yet. And last but not least was the one that Steve was talking about, the uh, Echo Auto. So, which is the, it's the first automobile smart device. That's basically a smart speaker for the car. Has eight microphones and will cost about 50 bucks. And uh, so, what does it do? It doesn't really say. It just. It. I mean, I imagine it's basically just a uh, an echo for your car. Yeah, it's a hands-free kit essentially. So, does it have like a SIM card, or is it using mobile data? Is it using I, Wi-Fi off your phone? I would think it would pair to your phone, like as a hotspot almost. Probably. Hmm. That'd be my guess. There's not a lot of detail on there. Oh, okay. I didn't actually go on to Amazon's uh, U.S. site. I went to look for it on the Canadian site, and I couldn't uh, hmm. couldn't find it. Uh, let me just go in there now. Yeah, I'd be willing to bet CES in January, whenever it is, it's just going to be flooded with all this stuff. Yeah, it has been the last couple of so. years, but you know, more and more third parties are going to jump on the wagon as well, and we're going to the market's just going to be flooded with. Smart devices. There we go. Okay, so uh, pre-order available only by invitation. Oh, right, and it's a special price. I think. I think it's only like twenty-five bucks if you request an invitation. Twenty-five bucks. Yes, I will. Yeah, that's American, but that's that's it. It's, is is there more of a description there? Uh, just looking here. Take Alexa on the road. Just ask Alexa to play music, resume your Audible book, check your calendar, find nearby businesses, make calls, and more. With eight microphones, Echo Auto even hears you over road noise. Echo Auto starts up in seconds, works through your car speakers, and uses your existing smartphone plan. Boom. Ask Alexa to play a song, genre, artist, or station from Amazon Music, Spotify, Pandora, and more. With Audible, listen to the world's largest library of audiobooks, plus stream podcasts, get news briefings, or keep the whole car entertained with games like Jeopardy and 20 Questions. Add items to your to-do and shopping list, set reminders, or manage your calendar while your eyes stay on the road. Ask Alexa to find nearby restaurants and reserve a table, make calls, send announcements, or use drop-in to connect with compatible Echo devices at home to check Mm. in with the family. 
So I guess they're trying to compete in that arena with the Google Assistant, because even like with the Google Assistant now on your smartphone, I can pair a car with either the Bluetooth in our vehicle or even just through a wired connection, ask Google for directions or closest restaurant, and it comes through our car stereo as well. So Yeah. With location-based features, Echo Auto helps you get where you're going. Just ask for directions, and Alexa connects you to supported apps like Google Maps, Apple Maps, or Waze on your phone. Hmm. You can also ask Alexa to find nearby gas stations, check traffic, and more. Voice control your home from the car. (laughs) Echo Auto works with thousands of compatible smart home devices so you can manage your household on the go. In a rush to get to work, ask Alexa to turn off the lights or turn down the thermostat from your car or set up a smart home routines that automatically start when you pull in the driveway. Hmm. Cool. Be great for your Jeep. Yeah. Since your stereo doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> There's that problem. And with eight microphones, it could actually hear you over the noise of the Jeep. That is true, yeah. Yeah, that hands-free kit that was in that stereo I installed was awful. Yeah. Nobody could hear me. Are you in a tank? Close. <laughs> yeah, it sounded a bit like that. Uh, that's you know what? That's pretty cool. Um mm-hmm. I would be I would be genuinely shocked if we don't see a response from Google in, in, in a matter of, you know, in short order. Well, I guess um, you can probably already do that if you have Android Auto in your car. You know, there's never been, I think, an, an Alexa sure. Auto, right? So. I, I get, I, you know, I feel like all, all, a lot of these things you could already do with existing technologies. It's just the fact that, you know, now you can do it all within the same ecosystem, right. you yes. know, and be, you guaranteed that, they're all going to work together without right. without any sort of weird pairing issues. That right. if you try to you know pair a uh, a Bluetooth receiver to your Google Home, it, it might be possible, but mm-hmm. you know it might not work as easily as if Google has some has some you know specifically branded right. product. So I, I think we're going to see. I think you're right. I think we're going to see some uh, some announcements from Google pretty quick. Uh, yeah. Which is good. Competition is great. I would mm-hmm. love to see some of this stuff uh, come to the the uh, Google ecosystem, so I can take advantage. So I'd, I'd like a subwoofer for my Google. Home. Google and Amazon, the Coke and Pepsi of home automation. <laughs> <so>. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Pretty much. Yeah, I guess that war is kind of cooled. I guess I guess they just figured eventually, you know, at some point in the in the early nineties. Just everybody who's going to be a Coke person is a Coke person, and everyone who's going to be a Pepsi person is a Pepsi person. And although there's now new talk now you're just of this, born into it. New talk of this company, isn't it Aurora? Who's talking about pot infused Coca Cola? No, I did not hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. did hear about that. Yeah. yeah, you can get your buzz on while you're drinking mm-hmm. your Coke. They're talking about putting pot in alcohol. Well, that's already been done. Oh, has it really? Yeah, because the craft breweries are working on it. No, my buddy Scott up in um, (laughs) up in Grand Forks. Oh, really? Yeah, True North Distilleries. They they made a uh, marijuana infused Irish whiskey. (laughs) And how is it? It was my suggestion. (laughs) Of course, it was. (laughs) So was the Irish whiskey for that matter. (laughs) And how was it? It was actually not bad. It. uh, first, first off, what he discovered was that Canada only regulates THC in, in, right. in alcohol. So you, you could only have up to a certain amount of THC. But all of the other cannabinoids, uh, they don't test for. So CBD, they don't, they don't test for that. Right. Um, so uh, he was basically told by them, 
Um, you can put as much CBD in there as you want to, but you, you can only put this amount of THC. And he was, all, he was also, oh, I probably shouldn't say this on air. Never mind. I'll tell you after. Um, <laughs> anyhow, so, uh, so uh, he went out and he found this guy who was producing hemp in Saskatchewan, which was high CBD hemp, but of course low THC because it's hemp. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got a butane extractor. So you'd basically stuff your your plant matter into this butane extractor. You blast butane through it. It strips all of the oils out of it, and then the uh, the butane um, uh, evaporates off. And you can you can collect it into into a canister, so you don't waste all the butane. Hmm. And then what you're left with is you're just left with this essential oil from the plant. You can actually do it with any plant. You know, if you you could make essential, you know, jasmine oil if you wanted to sure. with it as well. So, are we drunk, stoned, or both? Uh, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, when when I finally got to try it, um, you get a pleasant buzz. It's just a pleasant buzz. It's mm. not uh, you don't feel high. You mm-hmm. just get this really kind of pleasant buzz that goes along with the alcohol. Mm. Um, but uh, what to me was interesting is. Um, the big difference between Irish whiskey and Scotch whiskey is that Scotch whiskey, um, the barley is dried with uh, with a peat fire, so you pick up the smoke from the peat, um, and that's what makes Scotch uniquely distinct. With Irish whiskey, you dry your barley first; you germinate your barley, and then you dry your barley with hot air, so you don't pick up that peat flavor. Mm-hmm. But when you add the hemp oil into it, it picks up something that is remarkably similar-ish to peat, but it's not peat. Hmm. But it kind of makes it taste a bit like a scotch whiskey. And it was very good. It, it, I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't think it would be as good as it was, but it was very good. Hmm. Interesting. And as soon as he produced it, it immediately sold out. Oh, really? Immediately. <laughs> wow. Just boom, gone. Yeah, it won't be long before there's vodka and everything else. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it'll, <clears throat> it'll be coming. Yeah. Wait, I think, didn't you just give the recipe on how to infuse <laughs> pot into, like, Anything? that's going to get us thrown off iTunes. <laughs> you know, have to bleep some of that. We'll have to change and then you boop, rating. and then <laughs> boop, boop. Butane extractor, folks, look it up. <laughs> uh, where the hell were we? Oh, so, okay, so that, yeah. So I think that's, that's everything that, that we need to say about the... Uh, Amazon story. Amazon stuff. Good job, Amazon. Yep. Keep up the good work. Absolutely. I I am curious to to try out um, one of these devices with the screen. I, I would like to see kind of what that what that. Uh, one, it, do you think do you I think they're like, all going that way? Do you think that eventually, like oh, in four or sure. five years, that's just how the the home is going to become? I don't you think can, so. You I can think already get have. you can already get TVs with Amazon Alexa built in and Google Assistant, so you'll have your you know sixty five inch roll up TV and just say hey, tune to channel twenty five, it'll go to twenty five. Like it's it's all going to be that way. Well, you know, I'm just kind of thinking back to like say the iPods. Remember the mm-hmm. the you know the first couple of generations of the iPod that was just the the click wheel, yeah, right. And you didn't really have any sort of a of a display or anything on it, yeah, or yet a, a really rudimentary mm-hmm. display. Um, you know, I'm just wondering if, if this current generation of digital assistants will be, you know, sort of archaic in the sense that they'll just all start coming with, with screens. I'd be surprised because I think one, it's going to keep the price down to not have a screen on it. True. And, uh, and two, I think, 
I think one of the reasons these types of devices have been so successful is because they're quite discreet looking. They're, they're, you know, they're not, mm. they're not a screen. They don't take up a lot of space. So I think, you know, for somebody who wants a screen, having a device with a screen, sure, makes right. sense. Yeah. But, but there's a lot of other uses for these, I think, that pure audio devices are mm -hmm. probably. Yeah, good point. Wait good till, point. Wait till Prime Day, then buy one cheap. You know, and especially, I guess, it, what, or Black what, Friday. It does kind of make sense because, you know, I think that the majority of usage out of out of any one of these digital assistants is a lot of times music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, listening to, to audio books and stuff. So a lot of it is audio based anyways. There's not a lot of, of video stuff going on, but still, I, I would like to control my TV with with my voice. Although it would probably get burdensome after a while. <laughs> I mean, I guess I can already do that. You've got, I've got a Chromecast and I've got a, a Google Home. So, I mean, you can certainly... Yeah, I just need to, some smart plugs so you can actually tell it to turn on, turn off. Oh, that's going to be cool. <laughs> I love it. Uh, hey, let's talk about nanoparticles. Yeah, this one weirded me out. <laughs> this I, is... I, I, Honestly, don't understand how this works. I think I do. I think I do. Um, so the deal with it: vision-improving nanoparticle eye drops could end the need for eyeglasses. Uh, so this comes to us out of uh, Israel, um, specifically the Shar Zadak Medical Center in uh, the Bar Lan University. Little note, I probably mispronounced all of those words. Apologies to every Jew who heard that. <laughs> <laughs> but, however, they um, have invented and tested what they're calling nanodrops, uh, which when combined with a laser process, uh, reportedly leads to improvements in both near and farsightedness. How does this work, you ask? Yes, we do. Uh, the invention includes three parts. The first of these steps involves an app on the patient's smartphone or mobile device that measures their eye refraction. A laser pattern is then created and projected on the corneal surface of the eyes. This surgical procedure, and that should be in quotes because I don't understand how it's a surgical procedure. It's probably etching the eye with the cornea or something. Anyways, it takes less than one second, they say. Finally, the patient uses eye drops containing what they're calling special nanoparticles. So these nanoparticles go into the shallow patterns generated on the surface of the cornea. They change the refraction index inside of these patterns. This corrects the visual problem the user has. The process of correction can be done at home without the need of a medical doctor. Uh, they go on to say that the treatment differs substantially from regular laser eye surgery which removes a significant portion of the cornea, the transparent layer that forms the front of the eye. Uh, the benefit of this approach, of course, is not only does it mean that the treatment can be safely carried out in a patient's home without sup medical supervision, but it should prove effective for far more patients. The downside, they say, is because it's a milder treatment, the eye will gradually heal itself, which means the improvements will subside and the patients would need to repeat the process, they say every one to two months. So, thoughts? Steve, you gonna sign up for it? Human trial. No. No? Well, they've already, they are, what are they, where are they at with this? They say they have so far carried out 
uh, ex vivo, ex, what the hell does that mean? Ex vivo experiments on pig eyes. So we have a lot of pigs <laughs> running around with really, <clears throat> really good vision. <laughs> <laughs> what is what's ex vivo? <clears throat> does, does anyone know what that means? Hey, Google, what does ex vivo mean? Hmm. Thank you. Interesting. Don't worry about it. Uh, okay, so so I guess it's worked on pig eyes. Well, how about that? Which probably weren't attached to a pig. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs> so, uh, so it sounds like it's still in the early stages, but, but obviously. But how but, did they give the pig the eye test? <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you, does that make more sense to you now? So it sounds like I mean I, like I don't know it just well, it, here here's 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 they they talk about it, your your smartphone having an app right yeah and then they talk about lasers mm-hmm. so I'm assuming where the lasers come from I, I think I think you look into <laughs> here's how I'm interpreting this so it sounds like you lo- would look into your phone and it would shoot lasers out of your phone somehow and my map, phone doesn't have that feature <laughs> okay, and map be, the because believe me if my phone had a freaking laser <laughs> it does, in it it does it just, it just there would have been some people melted down in traffic by now but wait but it has like a barcode reader when it can isn't that a laser uh no Oh, well, okay. I'm assuming, well, okay, so maybe you need a special attachment. For well, no, phone. sorry, sorry. A barcode reader, yeah. A bar, barcode readers typically are laser scanners, but right. the ones in your phone are just using your camera. Oh, I see. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I don't know. They they don't explain that part of it. Maybe uh, see. Maybe that's a feature that me, they're planning on the, next, the new iPhone to me, explain I'm, the price. I'm far more interested in the laser phone. in any case the rest of it i mean the rest of it sounds like uh, potentially that could that makes sense to me have little nanoparticle robots going into your eye that attach to your cornea and okay that does sound creepy now that i'm saying it out loud but (laughs) i don't know it sounds it sounds pretty out there but to be honest like i remember when when uh laser surgery first you know, came out. That freaked me out. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it. I had a buddy that did, but I was just like, no way. Because they don't really even know what the far-flung effects are going to be on this. It could, everybody who had LASIK 20 years f- from when they got it could go blind and no one would know until 20 years later. Well, hasn't that, happened, but but there have been some. That, that's a real bummer there, right? Eh? Jeez. Yep. Yeah. Just saying. Leave your eyes alone. <laughs> yeah, don't shoot lasers in your eyes. I, I learned that really early on. Don't look at the sun and don't shoot lasers in your eyes. It's, it's been at least 20 years since they started doing that procedure. I know. Yeah, it has. It has. And I guess, well, know, I think now they joke's correct, on me, I guess. Yeah, they can correct both near and farsightedness now with lasers. <clears> and. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I've always been a bit leery Do about, about uh, doing that. Do I think it. I'd rather wear glasses than... The, the glasses oh. make you look smart. Yeah, exactly. And you with, can get without them, you look like an idiot. Yeah, I agree. Well, you're just used to seeing with glasses. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's always looked like bait. an idiot. Hey, hey! <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm uh, sorry. No, it's um. <laughs> Don't be sorry. That was a good one. <laughs> 
I don't know. Like, I don't know. So would this be something you would ever do, Steve? If say they say they develop this and they get it, they get it right. And it's, you know, a brand new technology. Would you, uh, would you jump on board? No, because I'm going to be too busy playing with my laser phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, I don't think ask, I would do it either. Let me ask you guys this question. Uh-huh. Has there ever been a human trial that you've, you've thought about actually submitting yourself to? Mm. I don't know. I'm not on any good email lists no. for no. what they're up to. <laughs> no. I mean, potentially. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would definitely, I would, I would volunteer for the Dorito Corporation <laughs> to like try out new, new flavors, new flavors. flavors. Yeah. I'd See, be I, down with that. I don't even have a tattoo. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah, talked about either. this this drawing that you've had in your mind for years. Yeah. But you still don't have the tattoo. Still don't have the tattoo. I'm gonna do something about that. Nope. <laughs> Not unless I can etch it on my body with my very own laser phone. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The laser. Now I really want a laser phone. Or you could build it, build it right into your home. Screw that. Build it into your your doorbell, your video doorbell. Have a laser in it as well. Ooh, you press home the defense. press the doorbell. It automatically scans your eyes and corrects your vision. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> my eyes, my yeah. eyes. Ding dong. I can see. It's a miracle. Yeah. Oh, then you dear. get that poor bastard with the 3D printed camera in his eyes. Ah! <laughs> Just fried circuit. my electronics. Stupid, uh, stupid laser phone. <laughs> I tell you, technology, it's a wonderful thing. It is. Uh, well, that'll be something to keep an eye out for. Oh. oh. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, that was a cornea joke. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, but you weren't with the jokes before, so that means you're an apt pupil. <laughs> oh, he's, he's on a roll. Yeah, he is. <laughs> hey. Hey. Speaking of marijuana. Were we speaking of marijuana? I think we were earlier. See, people, poor people down in the States are just going to be like, think well, the Canadians are just all just <laughs> pot heathens. Not till October. <laughs> That's right. It's going to be legal here, folks. So we're not talking about anything untoward. But not edibles in yet. our society. Not edibles yet. Completely legit. Still sad. Above board. It's just like a bottle of wine. Pot infused wine. Yeah, that'd be good. Oh, you could bet there'd be some uh, stay-at-home moms who'd be signing up for that. <laughs> so what? There's weed in my Chardonnay? I'm in. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Uh, no, this, uh, you know, th- and this has nothing to do with um, assistive technology at all. I just thought it was funny. Oh, okay. So I've added it. Alrighty. A uh, restaurant wants to use marijuana to ease lobster's pain. I read this article. I thought it was great. I thought so, too. Listen... I, I'm I'm not a big lobster fan. I know that's unusual. Most people lobster. love lobster. I've never been a big lobster fan. However, that being said, I don't know. It always bummed me out this idea of like boiling these guys alive. Like that's just a bummer. That just bums me out. So uh, what apparently what this restaurant in Maine has done is uh, relaxed the lobster. They're still alive, but supposedly now they're saying that the lobster's not. I'm not going to say, like the article does, not feeling pain because they have no way of measuring that. 
I'm going to say the lobster's more relaxed and he's not thrashing about anymore trying to kill you. How do you know he's not like paranoid? He could he be. be. But he, he should be rightly be. They're going to put me in a pot. Man. They're going to put me in a pot. You just watch. Oh, George, don't get stupid. Man. Nobody's putting you in a pot. They're going to put me in a pot, man. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. Yeah. Dude, you, need, you really Calm need down. to stop breathing the water, man. So uh, apparently this restaurant owner has uh, tested this out. She says that uh, in a series of tests <clears throat> or in a series of tests, uh, restaurant employees put a lobster in a small container and added a few inches of water. They then channeled marijuana smoke through a tube until the container was filled with it and kept the lobster in there for about three minutes. Uh, before the lobster went into the container, it would flap its tail and click and wave its claws. After being exposed to the smoke, however, the lobster was docile and serene. It's still a very alert lobster, but there's still no <laughs> sign of agitation, no flailing of legs, no trying to pinch you. So calm, in fact, that you're able to freely touch the lobster all over without them trying to strike at you or be aggressive in any way. Lobster be tripping balls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> goes on to talk about the restaurant owner, Mrs. Miss Gill, who is 47, grows the marijuana at her home, and she said she had a license to do so. Uh, and there's more to the article. You know, there it goes on there for is. A while, uh, you know, but uh, I mean, hey, look, listen. Are they going to do the same with cows now, leading them to slaughter? Uh, sure, why not? Let's give pot to everything. <laughs> just, just why not? Maybe they'll get better eggs out of hens. Sure. I mean, yeah. listen. It's a whole new agriculture economy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, pain management. I mean, you know, in, sure. in all, like, we know, we're making jo- kind of light of this, but, you know, it, obviously, you know, it has, it has all kinds of medicinal effects and it Absolutely. would act as a sedative, I'm sure. And, you know, why not? Why shouldn't the lobster, you know, feel good? That's funny. Feel good while it's being boiled alive. In in the last week, I've had I've taken my mom to a pain management clinic. She's she's eighty four. She's got uh, arthritis as well as macular degeneration, um, and she's always had neck problems and nerve pain in her face. And uh, uh, at various points, they've had her on drugs all the way up to hydromorphone, like mm-hmm. morphine, right, to to uh, manage the pain and and. Uh, She's off that now. Her her, her uh, last doctor, I think, got her got her off that stuff and got her onto Tylenol, which hmm. seems to be okay. But uh, she went to the pain management clinic because her doctor, her family doctor, was suggesting that maybe she look at getting fentanyl, uh-huh. which wow. is which is another highly addictive, mm-hmm. extremely volatile drug. Sure, and um, uh, went to the pain management clinic and the guy, uh, suggested she try medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So that surprised the heck out of me. And then I go over to do a show over in uh, Victoria uh, with a low vision group over there and, uh, start talking to them and turns out like half of them are on marijuana in one form or another, sure. whether it be yep. CBD oil, oil for helping yep. them sleep or one thing or another, but mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing actually, you know, how many people now are that I'm talking to seniors about it, how many of them are on the weed? Yeah, sure. So yeah. yeah. Listen, I mean, it has, it has a lot of really positive, um, Linda's uncle in Kelowna has a friend who lives across the street from him. Who's got a brain tumor and he's been, he's been on medical, I don't know if it's oil or what it is for the last year or so. Yeah. And, you know, helping manage his pain and sure. Yeah. So it's about, you know, they, they need to realize that. They need to realize that, are, are like, you know, in, in other countries, 
U.S. Well, prescription drugs are so unhealthy for you, right? You know? Well, parts of the U.S. Well, beat us to the mm-hmm. that, well. That's sure. Yeah. That's true. So, who? Well, Washington, Colorado, and Colorado, right? Are the two California, and California. California. Yeah. Good for them. Good old West Coast. Colorado. Colorado is one of them. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. The Mile High City. The Mile oh, High uh, High City. Uh, 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 there, man, we are just full of puns. Are we? Yeah, <laughs> Next to no useful information, but puns we have. Yeah, so what else we got? We got any more news? Just the one, so. I think. The CNIB Wait. story. Oh, right, the CNIB oh, story. Oh, I forgot about the CNIB story. Yeah, My apologies. Ryan, why don't you take I'll it? Just, I'll tab over the word doc there. Take it, take give it them, over. Give them your phones. Give them your phones. CNIB is going to refurbish phones for people. So if you've got an old smartphone kicking around... Toss it their way, and they will they will wipe it, make sure it's factory reset, install certain apps. I don't say which apps, but certain apps to help blind and little vision people use their phone in an efficient manner, an effective manner. Yeah, this is an, they you know they quote an interesting uh, statistic here that says forty six percent of Canadians who are blind don't actually own a smartphone, which you know you kind of forget that you know smartphones are are a luxury, and and not everybody you know has the dough to. To shell out even even for a you know our our cell phone plans aren't aren't the greatest mm-hmm. up here. Oh, they suck. Canadian cell yeah. phone plans are amongst the most expensive in the world. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Ridiculous. It's it's absolutely crazy. So I could I could see totally see uh, not everyone being able to afford uh, one of the one of the plans. So this is a great program. Yeah, yeah, it's a great idea. It's a good thing they're doing, and uh, yeah, fully, yeah got- fully support it. Now the one thing for me, I would never give them my used phones because i have kids who constantly drop their bloody phones <laughs> right. and smash them so i've got to keep any of them that survive the process i've got to keep for when they go oh i broke my phone <laughs> <laughs> here you're back on an iphone 3 you crazy bugger. Uh, see I, I think they're at the, the age now stay where you could say you're an adult go get your own phone yeah yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, so where, well, let's see. So so it's a this this is a initiative called Phone It Forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm assuming that if you go to the CNIB website, should have more information there in terms of where you would donate your old phone to if you if you were so desiring to. Yeah, and it's a, you know it's interesting because they don't say anything about you know locked phones or unlocked phones. It doesn't seem to matter. So. If you got an old phone well, I'm sure the, around. Yeah, I'm know. sure the first thing they do is wipe it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably you should probably wipe it yourself yeah. uh, before you you donate it obviously, but yeah. Well, the part part of the announcement says that through a partnership with Fixed Wireless Repair, uh donated right. smartphones are going to be wiped to the highest data security standards. Yes. So, there you go. There you are. Get all those nudes off your phone before you send it in. Just saying. Mhm. Good point. Well, well, that was a lot of news. That was good thing. It was a news show. <sighs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We, it's just too bad our mystery guest wasn't able to join us. Uh, well, we can make the next one with mystery guest more about mystery guest because mystery guest also auditioned for a mystery show. Right, and I Damn. think what we'll do is we'll so many mysteries. I'll yeah. reach out to our mystery guest to see if we can get her on the Halloween episode. Ooh, because there she is. There she is, Alexis. Yes, hello. Hi, she's here. How did you know? <laughs> I'm so happy to have power. Yay. Oh my gosh. She Thank made it. Of course, we're so amazing. That's we're awesome because we just finished the new show. Now we can spend an hour talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Perfect timing. 
Amazing. You guys are great. Thank you for your patience. Yeah, there's a power <laughs> outage like in half of the neighborhood. So anyway, oh, here we are. Well, we've been hinting and hawing and teasing out who our mystery guest host was supposed to be for today. So I guess, Rob, why don't we, why don't we spoil the surprise? Okay, go Tell for everybody it. who our guest host is. You're up. Go All right. On. Our guest host today is YouTube sensation, host of her own show, Alexis Hilliard. Stumpkitchen.com. <laughs> Hello. Woohoo. Woohoo. So excited. You were, you know, you folks, AT Banter was the very first podcast interview I ever did at the very, very beginning of my Stump Kitchen career. And now it's like, what, like two years later or something? So yeah, yeah it's it's so cool to do, to like chat with you again. And we, you are on fire. And we yes. take full credit for it. <laughs> That's right. Yes, it's all you. It's all AT Banter yes. for sure. Coincidence? <laughs> right. Take no, that, CBC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, no, I, you know, I, I'd say yes, it is. It's all, it's all you. It's the AT Banter bump. But yeah, yeah, thank you. It's been it's been a wild uh, couple of years, that's for sure. Well, why don't we get caught up if these guys have some time and just find out what's been going on? Yeah, we have time. Cool. Okay. Um, well, let's see. Last we talked, I think I had about seven in, seven episodes out, <laughs> I think. And now I have like over 100. Nice. Um, and yeah, and I've had lots of different guests. And Yeah, I keep seeing your guests coming up on my uh, on my Facebook feed. <laughs> Yeah, um, and a couple different CBC contracts, like with CBC Parents and CBC, um, like just for their online platforms. And I'm filming another one right now for them as well. Um, yeah, I've won some neat awards in in Edmonton here, like uh, the View 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 Magazine Best of Edmonton for Food Blog. Um, nice. And then I just had a. MasterChef Canada audition, like literally yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> we want to talk about yeah, that if you're allowed to talk sure, about it. Sure, yeah, I, I'm totally allowed to talk about it. Um, there's a couple things I can't mention, but most of it is totally talkable, talkable okay. aboutable. First question um, is, are you going to be on the show? <laughs> I hope so. So we, we actually don't know yet. We oh, have okay. to wait about three to four weeks because they're still doing auditions. Mm -hmm. And then after they are done all the auditions in, they're doing Vancouver and Toronto still. They've already done the East Coast. I think they've done Winnipeg. Um, so once they're done all the additions, then they um, get to rank everyone and pick their top 40. So, yeah, I have to wait a few more weeks. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but it was really intense. So uh, you do like a they, – they put the call out and then you do like a written kind of questionnaire. And then if they like your written answers, then they'll give you a phone interview. And then if they like your phone interview, they ask you to come in for – an in-person audition which is what was yesterday and i drove down to calgary to do that and they say to like bring your best dish that describes you and just shows your personality so of course i made vegan and gluten-free chicken and waffles <laughs> it, was, it was really good people were like oh okay um i i was i was kind of the odd one in the bunch it was really cool um lots of people for, with like really diverse uh food backgrounds and stuff um and you roll up at, uh, well, actually getting there was hilarious because I had a gig on Friday night and then I drove down, uh, no, sorry, Saturday night. And then I drove to Calgary that evening from like, I don't know, 8 p.m. till about 11 um, and then went to bed for five hours, got up at 5 a.m. and cooked for three hours straight, or no, two and a half hours straight and then had to be there for 8 a.m. So I was like just a total mess. Like coffee was my savior at that <laughs> point. <laughs> Um, but I didn't burn anything. I didn't drop anything. My partner drove me. It was really great. Got there, got all signed up and like they, you have to sign a release form. You have to take a, 
photo. Um, and then we sat in this great room for a while. We got to meet some previous season um, winners and uh, they, like uh, April from last season or the season before um, got to chat with us. Um, she's working in Calgary now. So that was really cool. And then we all got shuffled into this big room and we had to plate our dishes in three minutes. They gave us three minutes <laughs> and they said, okay, you know, arms off. And then we had to show the judges and the judge, there was one professional judge who had worked all over the world. Um, and he was like a chef, he's a chef and he spent about 10 minutes with every person. Like he went from plate to plate and just tasted them and gave you like some pointers and, um, talked a bit about your life. And that took like three or four hours. Um, and it was like really hard to tell what he was thinking and he was scoring us. Um, so we really had no idea, but when he was done with your dish, then we could taste each other's stuff. So that was great. Like just seeing all the cool stuff that other people had come up with. And I was, there was a lot of amazing competition. Um, and then we had a bit of a lunch break and then, um, some people, uh, were let, like they got to go. And then some of us were kept after for a, a longer interview, which, um, apparently is a good sign. So I did an interview for about half an hour on camera. And then I guess if they like it, they'll decide later and hopefully I can go to Toronto and be on the show. So well, yeah. I think it'd be great. You know, my wife and I are huge fans of the MasterChef show. And even on AT Banter, we had Christine Ha, who is a blind MasterChef. No way. You had Christine. Oh, my yeah. gosh. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, we had her on the show last year. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mm. So it'd be great to get you on there. And it might, one of my questions for you was, are you willing to taste these foods because you are gluten-free, veganese? You're not going to be cooking <laughs> yeah. that all the time, right? So are you going to taste your buffalo to make sure it's cooked properly? I mean, properly? that's such a great question. I... I, I really like, I struggled with, you know, if, if I do find out that I'm on the show, then we have like, we have like a week or two to kind of prepare. And I'm like, okay, am I going to cook a bunch of meat to practice? Or am I just going to wing it when I get there? Because I don't, I don't buy meat. I don't eat meat. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm conflicted about how much prep I should do or not do. But then if, and when I'm on the show, I, I'm going to avoid tasting it as much as I can, but you have to, in order to create a really good dish, you have to taste your food. Um, and so I will do some of it, but I'm not going to eat too much gluten if I can handle it just because that, um, <laughs> doesn't do good things to my tummy, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, um, but meat I can handle physically. I just choose not to eat it. So it'll be an interesting dance I'll have to do, I think. So, yeah. Oh, we're rooting for you for sure. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. you. Yeah. There. You've been, you've been around since the very beginning. So it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> so when, when would you have to practice for so they so says the guy coming um, to Edmonton in October. <laughs> if, you need, if you need somebody to try out your meat on, <laughs> could you imagine? Yeah, <laughs> just come over and do some barbecue for you. Like, oh, that'd be great. okay, yeah, I'm going they, to Edmonton now too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we find out in a couple, like three or four weeks. I think like the week of October 20th, and then uh, if if I get on the show, the filming happens in November and the beginning of December in Toronto. Um, so. Yeah, I'd have about a week to, to prepare. Cool. So, yeah, and that's about all I know. They don't they don't tell you anything. Mm -hmm. Like they're very um, they're not hush hush, but they they just give you the information that you need at the time. Like they don't give much away. Um, but the the interview was really cool. They had you kind of on your toes, and they they even gave you like a little like mystery box challenge near the end, mm -hmm. which I can't really talk too much about. But it it really made you think on your toes. It was it was really funny. It was mm -hmm. really cool. 
Did you get to run into the pantry and grab all your groceries? No, no, <laughs> no, it wasn't even that big. It was like, it's much smaller scale. If it makes it to the, to the show, you, you like, you'll, you'll get a sense of what it was, but no, it was, it was much more small and, and more kind of like cute and fun. Hmm. So let's, yeah. let's talk a little bit about the, the YouTube channel uh, and sure. just, and just with the changes that it's gone through since we talked to you last. Um, sure. And, and I don't know, I'm, I'm curious to know, like what, what has that trajectory kind of been like for you? Because you know, I, I forget what your subscriber count was was when we first talked to you, but mm-hmm. uh, clearly it's kind of gone through the roof since then. What, yeah. What's that been like? What kind of roller coaster has that been? Yeah, it's been it's been wonderful. I think when we last talked, I probably had like a hundred subscribers. I'm not really sure. <laughs> um, and my subscriber count for YouTube it's about just under 2,500, which for a YouTube channel that's still quite small. Um, but I find like with social media, um, looking at things like Instagram, Facebook, even Twitter, that's where a lot of my audience is very interactive and really like, that's how they engage with the show. Um, this, the YouTube, yes, that's the same, like the subscribers are wonderful, but I find like, I really had to take a multi-platform approach to get, uh, the engagement that the show really like needs. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's a great, I think for like an up and coming YouTuber or content creator, like getting on all the platforms you can and engaging with different audiences rather than relying on one platform is super important. Um, so like Instagram, I didn't know how to do that when I started, uh, YouTube. And so now I'm just like, I'm learning really fast how to be good on Instagram because that's where you get a lot of really great followers. You want to teach Um, up? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, totally. well i tell my mom like my mom is it's great it's hilarious he just um, keeps posting it, photos of us <laughs> but well yeah. but, but instagram is is good for video right for like sure it's, yeah 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 well it, there's instagram tv now like where you can put vi- like vertical video on so i'm starting starting with that too um but yeah it's been an incredible trajectory like I've kind of kept the the basic format of having guests on the show, um, you know, a new guest every week. Sometimes I'll do solo, but usually I'll have a, a guest because it's just really fun. Um, I do lots of cooking with kids, especially kids with uh, limb difference um, and a couple of like local, um, not really like chefs, but like different like local quote unquote celebs, I guess, um, here and there. And then I've like branched out to do more episodes called, um, I call them stump chats, but it's like where I do like a sit down or a kind of informal talk with somebody who also has a limb difference or whatever. And we talk about what it's like, um, you know, to live with one hand or one leg and talk about the questions that we get. So that's, that's been a really cool growth for the channel. And it's been, I think a really important education piece for a lot of people to kind of learn about, you know, uh, limb difference in a fun and safe way. Um, and it also gives people a chance to tell their stories and we just, I, I love it. Like anytime I get to talk with someone who has a limb difference, it's like such a treat and it doesn't feel like work. Like it's just so, so nice. Um, so yeah, the show's kind of branched out and grown in some different ways. And I've tried a few different things like, you know, close up shots of me doing preparing different vegetables or, um, talking about, you know, getting a violin arm prosthetic. So, not just cooking, although cooking um, is the primary focus of the show. I've tried a couple other things that I think people are are liking. So yeah. Now, now are those sorry? Are you sort of creating that as content within the the Stump Kitchen channel, or are you branching mm-hmm. off and and trying other using that for content as for other channels? 
Yeah, that's a good question. Um, for the most part, I am using a lot of it for Stump Kitchen, particularly um, when I feel like it just, it fits. Um, but there have been a couple things where I've just, just posted on Facebook or just posted on Instagram. Um, uh, and I also on a different YouTube channel, um, which isn't that active, but just for fun, I I'm doing like left-handed upside down, one-handed ukulele tutorials <laughs> that you know, are just super cute. Um, and a couple people are, are just like, Hey, this is really great. Like I play upside down too. And like, blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, it's kind of nice having content, um, for your YouTube channel that makes sense with your theme and what you're doing, but then having some other weird things that people can see in different platforms to kind of get to know a different side of you. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been neat. I think like once you're a content creator, you're always a content creator for different platforms and it's just like always on your mind. Like, what can I do next? <laughs> what can I film? So yeah, it's cool. Now, what about ha has, has the way that you actually uh, film changed at all? Cause I think last time we talked yes. to you, you were just, you're <laughs> oh, just yeah, kind of like, yeah, your, your partner just kind of films you on an iPhone. Oh like, gosh, have you that's... stepped up your technological game at all? <laughs> oh, completely, completely. Like, so I, yeah, I started off and my partner Allison was filming with my iPhone. Um, we had no lighting, no nothing. She would literally just stand there and film me and like move around. But since then I progressed into getting a tripod then I progressed into using lamps in my house, uh, like in my, in my kitchen. And then when I got my first um, CBC contract, they said, you know, we really want to work with you, but we can't have you use your phone. <laughs> you have to like either rent or buy a camera, like a good camera. So that really forced me to get, um, you know, a more uh, like a suitable camera for video and content creating. So I got a, I got a camera last year in or just this past year in January yeah so almost a year ago I got a GH5 which is like a really really good camera um and I I treat it like my baby <laughs> and now <laughs> now I use that for most of the episodes although I will default to my phone now and again if I need to or just for fun um but that's been a huge learning curve I've had to like learn how to use it on on YouTube and like different tutorials online um the lighting is more sensitive I have to be really careful about what kind of lighting I use so it's, it's made me a better, a better, uh, editor and content creator, but it's also added a lot of work to, um, the whole process. Um, so it's, it's been really, really lovely and cool. It's just a different, it's more high tech. It takes more time, you know? <laughs> sure. So, so an average episode takes a little bit longer to edit these days. It does. Like it's, it's about like, it's like an out, depending on what you're doing in a video, um, if you're doing like very straightforward, you know, smash editing, whatever, it's usually like an hour per minute. But if you're doing more intense things and with some of the effects that I use and, and different text and stuff, it can be like an hour and a half, give or take a bit per per minute. So like a five, a five minute episode, well, mine are usually longer than that, but say a five minute episode could be anywhere from seven and a half to 10 hours and then yeah. typically mine are like eight not eight nine or ten eleven minutes so yeah it takes a, a long time now are, and are you still weekly like mm -hmm. producing them weekly yeah yeah i was trying yeah like every week for sure and i'm getting more like before i think when we last talked i, I wasn't super regular in, in terms of when i would post but now it's um i aim for every week on wednesdays um anytime on Wednesday. Cause I can't stick to a certain time because it all depends on whatever, but like 
Wednesdays is my day. Um, and once in a while, if I have extra stuff, I'll put out two episodes in a week, but typically one, just cause that's the most manageable. Um, so yeah, weekly on, on Wednesdays. Now, earlier last year, you, uh, posted out that you'd started a Patreon account. Yeah. Did that work mm-hmm. out for you? I'm very curious about that. Yes. Oh, and she's still I believe taking I'm money talking every month. to <laughs> one of my patrons, aren't I? Well, at least, yes, you are. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, yes, I am. Yeah, I have AT banter on my wall. It's wonderful. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I launched that, um, oh, I don't even know now, a year and a half ago. And um, it's been wonderful. I have about 270 patrons, I think. Mm, and awesome. it's helping to support over over half of my living expenses, um, which is just wonderful. Wait, 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 um, wait, wait. wait. So, I'm paying half mm. your rent? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I better well, check, I better check that Patreon account. <laughs> Hang on a second. Yeah, you're buying my coffees. No, no. Like it's, it's, it's the money that I, I'm able to use to live to do yeah. this full time. It's, yeah. it's what's For essentially sure. my salary. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, and then I top it up with... I do um, individual cooking classes uh, for kids mostly. I work one day a week at a cafe and then any like other gigs like speaking engagements or, or workshops that I might do um, kind of help top up my my income. But yeah, Patreon has been an incredible way to like connect with a different audience and give people an opportunity to support in a really neat way that like lets me do the work that I want to do. But lets them kind of like be a part of a weird family of like, I don't know, Patreon supporters. And and I also support a bunch of creators on Facebook or uh, creators on Patreon as well. Um, you know, just like a handful. And it's just such a lovely thing to like literally buy your art direct in, you know, like just be like, yeah, yeah. I support you. And so here you go. I like what you make. Yeah. And it's just a cool thing. Yeah, and that's very cool. Are you still providing merchandise? Yeah, I um so I have a website. Um, it's just dumpkitchen.com. Uh, there's like aprons, mugs, stickers, uh, that mm. kind of stuff. Um, a good friend of mine was making patches. Uh, not anymore, but they're the ones that are there that are online. Um, there's a couple still available, like different patches that she's embroidered that are kind of cute. Um, but yeah, lots of different things. I've, I've sent, I've sent mugs and aprons and different things to, Germany and uh, where was the other one? Australia, um, different places in Canada. Um, yeah, it's been really cool to see like what people like. Who who is like who's like I'm in I'm in Germany and I want to send kitchen aprons. <laughs> like yes, okay, you're awesome. Thank you. So yeah, I still have all that stuff cool. available for sure. So what's next? What's uh, what's your next big adventure after uh, you win MasterChef? <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, so a couple things, I, my next Patreon goal or one of the ba- like main Patreon goals, um, is to, to grow enough that I can, um, sustainably travel more. So go, go to the cities that have, you know, people that I'd love to collaborate with film with. So, um, doing some more on location shoots to meet more kids with limb difference, adults with limb difference, um, other creators and, um, just cook with them all over the country. Like I'd love to do a kind of a not like a tour, but like be able to go to different cities in Canada to connect and film with folks and create just fun, messy vegan food with them. Um, like I could come to you and we could hang out on the coast and do all the things. Yep. That would be really fun. I'm in. Um, <laughs> Drink pot infused whiskey. 
There you go. Right? <laughs> I would, that would be great. We, we covered so that earlier like, in the episode. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's so just more traveling um, that way and more connection. Um, and then obviously the MasterChef thing is really up in the air. So that's kind of a big thing coming up, um, this next CBC project. And then, yeah, just more collaboration and just all just seeing what happens. Like the whole journey has been so beautiful to do. And I just like let things happen as they as they do and just kind of follow the energy. So um, I guess we'll see <laughs> what happens. Well, you definitely have to keep us up to date then on the Master Chef uh, situation. Definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm yeah. sure we'll hear we'll hear about it. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. And how have you how have you guys been? We're still doing the show week after yeah, week after week. Keep showing up, and I don't know. There's still mics here every day, and right. every week. So we just kind of talk, and I keep finding uh, guests who want to talk to us. Yeah, I don't know. We're up to every time we do a new episode. Uh, I look at the number, and I'm like, wow, 120. We've done this 120 times. Nice, 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 nice. I haven't even done things that I like 120 times. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So yeah, I guess if nothing, we're persistent i guess yep that's excellent well mm -hmm. the, you you two are persistent i just show up <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> you just roll in ryan yeah. just keeps phoning people and and uh getting convincing them to to show up well listen thanks so much for stopping by and chatting with us for a bit uh it's, oh i'm it's, so it's, glad it's, it worked out that yeah Thank you for your patience. That was amazing. And I guess we'll connect. Uh, hopefully, let's not wait another two years. Let's like, let's connect a bit sooner Abs than that. <laughs> Absolutely. As soon as this, so this, this master chef is, is uh, done with, like, yeah, let's, let's do a whole episode and let's, let's uh, okay. dive deeper into well, what's go been going yet. on. Don't go yet. Okay. Yeah, what do you got? Yeah. What do you got? We got to find out where people can get a hold of Alexis. She's oh, all right. over the place yeah. now. I wasn't gonna. Yeah. I wasn't gonna hang oh, up on her, I dude. I was you just. Were. I was segueing. I thought it clicked. I'm a gone. professional. I've done this 120 <laughs> times. I know what I'm doing. That's right. You but know. Okay. All right. Okay. Sorry. But you go. We'll no. You go. Back. No. Why you go ahead. No. All right, Steve. Go. Why don't you two get married already? Get a room. So, Alexis. Yes. Where can people find you? Wonderful. Um, so just on YouTube, the channel is called Stump Kitchen. Um, also, my website is stumpkitchen.com. And I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So just search Stump Kitchen and you'll find me in all those places. Excellent. Yeah. And we'll include all of that in our handy dandy show notes as well. Can't wait. That's so great. Thanks again so much for having me. This was such a pleasure. Oh, sorry catching up and so great to see you having all this success. It's it's great to see. Thank you. Thank you. You're the best. Okay. We will talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Okay, Have Alexis. a great one. Thanks, okay, Alexis. Bye. Bye. Keep the power on. <laughs> hey, speaking of people finding us, finding pe wait, speaking of finding, speaking, <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> so, Ryan. <laughs> yes. Where can people find us? They can find us online at www.atbanter.com. They can also drop us an email, atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. And I also hear this this company called Canadian Assistive Technology. Whoa, hold on. You're jumping the gun? Yeah, you're totally Clearly, jumping the gun, dude. Yeah. Am I? We, yeah, you forgot. Yeah, we forgot to, we got to talk about Facebook the Facebooks and the, and the Twitters oh, and the Instagrams. Yeah, and, yeah, we've got all of that stuff oh, for AT Banter, wow. too. Where, like, what? Are, social media junkies why are you looking at me <laughs> you're supposed to segue into the next part there. okay all right oh sorry but no but okay whatever facebook so people can find us wait what what what's going on that. what's happening you're gonna ask me about you Canada's guys have... tech and i'm gonna respond <laughs>
on this all up. Never mind. Screw it. I'm going to do it myself. Hey, you know, I'm with this company called Canadian Assistive Technologies. Uh huh. So are these other two posers. <laughs> uh, so for all your assistive technology ne- needs, <laughs> needs, we got to start. We started. We got to start going back. Technology weeds. Yeah, <laughs> well, that too. Yeah, yeah. We need to go back to having morning episodes. We got to start doing this. We can't do it in the afternoon. We're- well, we can probably arrange that now because my training schedule has been moved. So. Oh, have you? Okay, we'll talk about that later. Okay, so, sorry, what were you saying about a Canadian assistive technology? I was saying that Canadian system technologies. Okay. <laughs> Technologies? System technologies. Okay, let's try that, okay, try try that again time. if we can stop Ryan from laughing right, his I'm ass good. off let's here. Let's go. You named it. Alrighty, so there's this company. It's called Canadian Assistive Technologies. And we work there. Mm-hmm. So we rock, and you should buy stuff from us at www.canastech.com. Or you could even phone us, 844-795-8324. Oh, you do that so well. You know, I still can't remember that number. Really? Oh, yeah, I, I blow it every time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I got it. I got that down. Yep. Forgot my birthday, but I got <laughs> the number down. And you can also find Canadian Assistive Technology on both Facebook and Twitter as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, there's also a place called Chaos Technical Services that's run by this guy named Rick, and uh, he fixes any sort of assistive technology that's busted. He can be found at www.chaostechnicalservices.com. Yes, indeedy. So if you've got a piece of broken equipment that you need fixed, he's your guy. Yep. Uh, if you've got a Romeo, he's your homeo. <laughs> I like it. I like that. That's going on his website. I have the I have the username and password for his website. That's going on tonight. Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks so much for putting up with us yet again. Uh, thanks again to Alexis Hilliard for joining us and chatting with us. And uh, we'll, we'll see, see you everybody. Next time. Why? Why? <laughs> see, see, see Why you do that? <laughs> Stop recording. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H.com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Music provided by bensound.com. Whoa, look at that. Master of the one take.